0: And we're back, episode three of the Drinking and Thinking podcast—a conversation around how do we as Christians, uh, you know, use alcohol wisely and use it well. Uh, and it just you know, this episode is going to be about kind of the numerics and the nuts and bolts of the CSF al- alcohol policy. But before you jump into this episode, I want to give you a couple of disclaimers. One, if this is the first episode you're listening to, go back, go back to the first one, listen to all the great scriptures that we've kind of. Uh, have influenced us crafting this policy. Listen to the second episode of all the kind of the wisdom and the theology that we want to wrestle with when it comes to this conversation. Don't just jump into the numbers because the wisdom is super important. Two, uh, we've crafted this for our community, CSF, but if you're kind of a listener from the outside, we really recommend wrestling with something like this policy for your own life, especially if you're a younger person, like the students that we deal with. This can also be really helpful to you. So, we're not trying to create something where you're like, "Oh, this is this is CSF, it isn't for me." We really want you to think about these things too where you think this is a really important conversation. So, with that being said, guys, let's talk about the policy.
1: Yeah, uh, great point, Dylan, that you know, people need to wrestle with this and, you know, in no way shape or form do I want to say this is a Policy that everyone should adopt. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the conversations that we had, I mentioned in an earlier episode, is that you know I think there's even people on our staff who are a little bit older, different life circumstances than the average 21, 22 year old who's a part of CSF listening to this. That at different stages in life, different settings. That's again part of wisdom is understanding the context, understanding yourself. And so this is a policy that we've we've come up with to try to have some flexibility within the policy, but also recognize that the bulk of the people that we have who are affected by this are twenty. 22 year olds. So with that said, there's three parts to this policy. There is uh, discern, discern, account. And so uh, I let me, let me just, I'll, I'll tackle the first part of that, that first discern in the discern, discern account. The first discern is discern whether to drink. I think one of the questions that that people should honestly wrestle with is whether they should fully abstain from alcohol or very nearly uh, fully abstain. I, I know John Piper is a well-known pastor, and he said, you know, for a variety of reasons in his own life, this is on YouTube, you can go find it and listen to it yourself, uh, Piper on Should Christians Drink Alcohol or some, some such title as that. But he said, hey, for me, my default position is I don't drink unless I'm in a situation, he said, you know, maybe it didn't sound like once a year or something like that, where he's in a situation where somebody really just puts a beer in front of him and says, hey, we bought this. Story, it's at our house we re- he said okay in that situation maybe will but he said the default is I just I just don't drink for a variety of reasons he's made that decision and I think it should be something that people honestly ask I mean I think questions like my own personal story with alcohol has alcohol been a really dangerous thing in my past where i where I've really uh, abused it and seen the abuse of it in my life and, and then the other thing too I think for family I mean for me i've never been drunk in my life it doesn't make me uh, any kind of a saint i've got all kinds of other sins that I could tell you about and that's for another podcast but uh, but uh, I, I've just chosen not to because it has been so destructive in my family. I mean, there are still, you know, just emotional, you know, scars in my life, and God's been gracious to heal those. But, but have been the direct result of people misusing alcohol around me, and so I've just made the decision not to do that. So, I think the first thing you want to discern is should I drink at all? And, and maybe it's maybe it's not a, a a you know forever kind of thing, but maybe it's hey, I, I really feel like I need to take six months off. I really just need to kind of check myself or. I, I just need to put, you know, I feel like the Lord's calling me to take a fast, and this is what I'm going to fast from for the next, you know, six months, Lent, Advent, whatever it is, whatever kind of call. But I think I think those kinds of questions of should I be drinking at all in my life in general or maybe for this season of my life, maybe while I'm a college student because, man, my roommate struggles or whatever it is, uh, just asking that question, discerning whether or not I should participate in alcohol at all at this point in my life.
2: Yeah. And the other part is, and this is before we ever even get into a moment where we are drinking. The other part is with whoever is discipling you, whether it's a core group leader or a care group leader, um, set a time for regular fasting. There needs to be periodic fasting. Mm -hmm. Again, this is just part of the church calendar. The the church has been doing this for thousands of years. Come up with some time every so often that, that you need to fast. So that's the first
1: discerning. Second second, discern, CJ, you want to hit that?
2: The second moment of discerning is when you're actually in the moment and you're like, oh, this is a moment where I could drink or I might not drink. And, and what the wisdom that we want you to show is deciding and discerning whether this is an appropriate moment to drink. And what that means practically, whether this is the first, second drink,
1: yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. What, what would be some, what, some practical questions?
2: Practically start asking the right questions. Is this a time to celebrate with community in a God-honoring way? Would not drinking in this moment be a better witness to someone I'm with or someone that I know is around and watching? Why do I want to have it? Do I have hidden motivations and mm-hmm. selfish reasons, mm-hmm. peer pressure, escaping or or dulling pain? Yeah, did, this, I,
1: did I just bomb a test? Right. D- yeah. Does
2: this put me in a compromising situation with someone? You know, am I at a party where uh, I know I could be compromised if, if I drink, if my inhibitions get get lowered? Are you drinking in a manner that sets you apart from a broken drinking culture on campus? Are you being a prophetic witness in how you're drinking? Would you want to not tell somebody that you drank in this scenario? Is there a good reason to have a second drink, right? If you're having one drink, is there a good reason to have a second? Or are you just wanting to drink because you think you can? And then have you drank too much this week, this month? Do you, do you feel like you shouldn't drink because it would be it would be too frequent based on um, based on what you've already decided to do? with your your accountability
1: leader. Yeah, a friend of mine who, uh, you know, has a fairly healthy relationship with alcohol, but he has some family history and whatever in his life, and he was sharing with me. He said, hey, you know, I I got to where I was coming home at night, and and almost every night, you know, three or four or five nights a week was, Hey, I got to have a beer, got to have a beer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, and he recognized it, it went from, I want to have a beer to, I feel like I got to have a beer. And so, uh, you know, again, just asking, you know, my strength was never getting drunk, but was, uh, was he putting together too many nights in a row and, and the like, and just, he said, it just became too much of a place in my life. So discerning whether to drink is the first one, and discerning when to drink would be a second one
0: yeah, I think this is this is really important and and honestly, the second one can feel like a lot of questions. But the reality is, is this is kind of a goal to be have these questions yeah. be something that you ask throughout your life. And it really will become like a muscle that just grows stronger, mm-hmm. that you use more reflexively. You won't have to think about all the questions, many, because you'll have practice wisdom yeah, and you'll be good at it.
2: We're not saying you have to take a note card with these questions in and ask them, though you might if you're not used to doing this. But mm-hmm. that this is a pattern of thinking we want to train you to have so that you can choose the right thing in the right moment.
0: And it may feel... Uh, like this was assumed, we just want to make sure we say it once in this podcast, but all of these discernment questions are for people who are 21 or older. Yes. So if you're underage, we just want to say, hey, let's avoid alcohol.
2: The second part of the policy is discerning when. So this is when you're actually in the moment and you're faced with whether you should or shouldn't or can or can't drink. There's, a, there's an opportunity before you. And so what we want this part of the policy to be is training you how to think whether it is uh, an opportunity to drink wisely. So in every time you're faced with the opportunity to drink, ask yourself certain questions, right? Is this a time to celebrate with community in a God-honoring way? Would not drinking in this moment be a better witness to someone I'm with or someone I know is around and watching? Why do I want it? Do I have hidden motivations? You know, some sort of selfish reason? Is there peer pressure? Am I trying to escape something bad that happened, a bomb, a test, or whatever? Is partaking putting me into a compromising situation? Am I around people where if I have my inhibitions lowered, I could be taken advantage of? Mm-hmm. Are you drinking in a manner that sets you apart from the broken drinking culture on campus? Are you acting as a prophetic witness when you're drinking? And then would you want to not tell somebody that you drank in this scenario? Is there a good reason to have a second drink in this drinking moment, knowing that you can still never have more than two, but just are you wanting to drink just because you can? And then finally, have have you drunk too much? Have you had too much to drink that week or that month? And if you've drank a little bit too often, just don't do it trying to set the pattern in your in your life of of moderate drinking
0: Yeah, and this can feel like a lot of questions, but I think the reality is, is the practicing of wisdom becomes like a muscle that you grow and you get stronger with over time. So even this conversation, we don't want it to just be one that someone would have in college or have a couple years out of college, but really be asking these questions your whole life. It's a muscle that will grow stronger that you'll use more reflexively as time goes on. Yeah,
2: it's training you in a pattern of thinking. You don't have Mm -hmm. to take a note card with these questions with you every time you're thinking of drinking, but it's training your mind to ask the right questions and to discern appropriately whether to drink in a scenario.
0: And it might feel silly, but all of these questions we probably should say at least once are for people who are 21 or older. If you're underage, we just want to say, Hey, alcohol is not for you. We want to obey the law. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that, that third part, we said discern, discern, account. Yes. And and at this point we we need to probably talk numbers. Yep. I mean, numbers are in the Bible and so at different points, and so you know, n- the Bible's not obsessed with numbers, but they're in there. And so I think, you know, we don't want to be obsessed with numbers, but I, I think at this point it, it would be co- care it would be important for us to to mention numbers. Certainly even the laws of the land. Uh, you know, if you're you know your blood alcohol contents a certain level, then you shouldn't be driving a vehicle. There there are numeric attachments to that. And so yeah. for CSF, this is where, you know, in past policies, people have, have gotten hung up, but we've really tried to to blend some 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 clear guidelines, because mm-hmm. if you have a policy that doesn't have clarity, that it's just a mess. It's a, yeah. a help to no one, but also to have some flexibility. And so here's here's what we'd say is that we kind of have this, you might call it a one-two policy. Uh, so the one-two policy would be to say this, is that if there's a setting, you know, on, on a given week, you know, once a week, if you find a setting where you can go have two drinks, and, and that's where we would say two drinks is kind of a ceiling. Yeah. Uh, most people could probably handle two drinks, though. Again, using wisdom, if if you're somebody who go, hey, you know, I'm I'm smaller, I don't drink a whole lot. Maybe two drinks is too many. And I would always say you should always ask: Should I have a second yeah. drink? Is a second drink does it really help me celebrate and enhance the moment that God's given us here? So, uh, you know, two drinks in a setting, no more than two drinks in a setting, and always asking the question: Should I even have the second drink? But but if you have one of those settings a week on a given week, that's fine. Let, let that's that's great. Um, now, where the two comes in, the one two policy is. Uh if you have a second setting in a given week that's okay. But what we're asking is, is that you reach out to an accountability partner and share with them. You don't have to do it beforehand. You're not asking permission or whatever, but you're just inviting their wisdom into your life. Say, hey, had a couple of moments this last week. Is is that okay? Does that seem sensible? And I know I used a, an example of someone on our staff and and was talking to him. I said, hey, if he calls me once a month and says, hey, I had a second moment, and in part it's because I know this person. I know he has a healthy relationship with alcohol. He He doesn't go out and get drunk and, and these sorts of things, doesn't struggle with that. His family, insofar as I know, has any kind of background that so said, hey, if he calls me once a month and says, Hey, there were two drinking moments this past week where I had, I had one drink here, a couple of drinks there on a different night. Uh, you know, I, I'm totally fine with that. I'm not batting an eye at it, but he starts to call me, you know, and says, Hey, you know, I had a couple of times, uh, two or three weeks out of the month. And then I start to go, Hey, maybe this for, for the moment, the prophetic witness of campus and, and, and he's still at a fairly young age, maybe you need to dial this back a little bit, but just, I, I you know, I just, there's flexibility here. There, There is, because having to drink twice a week is not a sin. Yeah. But again, we're just trying to set up a a policy that gives guardrails for people.
2: Yeah, and the, the accountability part is looking for patterns. You're giving somebody authorization to look for patterns that you might not be thinking about. And so, the, again, you're not asking permission. What you're doing is just telling your accountability partner what you've done. And then they're gonna look and see, hey, is there maybe a pattern here that you're not seeing where you're indulging just a little bit too much given our context who you are and, and uh, how we need to be approaching alcohol on a campus. And if they think that you've done it a little bit too much, they might ask you to take a week off. And again, fasting is not punitive. It's not a punishment. It's not saying you've sinned. It's not saying you've done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a time to reorient. It's a corrective, and it's preventative.
1: Yeah, and so as far as that accounting goes, again, this is friendship. This is us trying to help each other yep. to grow strong. CJ, you're exactly right. doesn't mean you've sinned, yep. but it is. We're just trying to help give people some good guidelines here so that hopefully this can become a lifelong pattern. And not to say the numerics will always look the same the rest of your life, but it just helps form a good, solid thinking in you for, for a long-term approach to this. And so on the accountability part, uh, our staff, just so you're clear, our staff all report to an older staff member. That's their accountability partner that they share this with. Hey, here's here's my relationship with alcohol. If you are a, a core group leader, you would report to your student care group leader. There's, there's core groups meet together, core group leaders meet together. If you're a general student leader, Leader, then 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 the person to report to would be your core group leader um, if if you're a, just a student we don't ask a general student who's not a you know not in an official csf leadership road to necessarily adhere to this policy but i would i really want to invite you to do that and i would invite you to say hey i'm going to invite into my life an older christian uh, maybe it's a csf staff person someone who's got some christian maturity wisdom don't just pick your buddy because you know that hey they'll let me get away with anything but have someone with some real wisdom that you invite into your life because i suspect it will it those conversations will become more than about alcohol, Mm -hmm. but about how to live uh, faithfully and wisely in all of life.
0: So discerning, discerning accounting. That's our policy, living wise. That's great. The one-two policy. I really think this is one of the best numerical guardrails to help us practice the wisdom and prophetic witness that we talked about in all of the episodes. So in the next episode, we've got a little special treat for you. We're going to do some sort of role-playing masterpiece theater, kind of reenacting what does it look like scenario-wise to follow this policy.